Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than my brother from another mother. We have Ben Glebe, comedian, Rebel HQ contributor. You can find him at bengleeb.com. Always a fascinating analysis and funny. All right, top story of the day. Police officer who stood up against the police department found dead. Let's put up his picture full mass. The family is saying it is foul play. He dared to actually cross the thin blue line. He was a retired Memphis police officer who spoke out loudly against the department for the killing of Mr. Tyree Nichols. He was found dead in his driveway. It is raising significant suspicion. The police department has not even confirmed that it's him. His family had to confirm that it was him who actually died. Mark LaSure was his name. Let me remind you of the brutal assault against Mr. Nichols and I will give you the background to this story. Here it is. This sparked a national outcry. They killed, they killed a man over a traffic stop, according to the official narrative. Let's put up one of the screenshots of when all of the officers decided to pile upon this one man, to beat him, to kick him, to kill him. Detective, the detective spoke out against this misconduct. He went on local news, talked about how ashamed he was of the police department, put up the officers who were responsible for this. If you remember, five of them have been charged in his death, officer Bean Haley Martin, Mill Smith, and then Hemfield came in later. They did end up relieving him of duty, but his penalty was nowhere near as severe as the black officers you see pictured. Let's put up the retired detective again, who dared to cross that thin blue line. You see, he is probably, let me not put it that way. I believe he's a hero for speaking out, period, no matter what. According to WREG, officers responded to a man down call on the 4200 block of Falcon Drive at 8 a.m. on Sunday, July 9th. He was reportedly pronounced dead at the scene and officers still have not, have not positively identified the man, but family members 
Family members say it was the retired Memphis police homicide detective, Mark LaSure. He was in the driveway when he got here lying, when we got here lying face down, according to Rose LaSure Jones, Mark's aunt, said to WREG TV. Whatever it was, he didn't deserve this. He really didn't. He was a good guy, one of the good guys, really. LaSure has raised questions and some suspect foul play. Let me give you a background on this detective. LaSure joined the Memphis Police Department in 1992. After he spent 10 years as a military police officer in the US Army, he retired from the department in 2021 and went back to school to get his Bachelor of Arts degree in criminal justice policy in spring of 2023, according to the school's commencement program. While in school, he pledged Omega Sci-Fi fraternity in the fall of 2022, as shown on his graduation, stolen in an image on his Facebook page. In January 2023, he spoke out against the Memphis police officers who were part of the Scorpion, Scorpion unit that killed Tyree Nichols in a brutal police beating during the traffic stop. He said, and I quote, human beings, man, that's what happened. He told the New York Times, they let their emotions get the best of them. And there was no veteran officer to stop them. Usually when vets are there, things go differently because we have that experience to say, I understand you're mad, but you gotta stop. You can't do this, it isn't right, end quote. He'd also said something similar as reported by NBC News was speaking on how a large number of relatively inexperienced officers were being placed within specialized units because several officers had begun to leave the police force in recent years. Quote, rookies were getting put on specialized units. They had no business being, he said. LeSure also shared that he'd still had communication with officers within the force after he retired. And they expressed to him that the Scorpion unit officers do what they can do to arrest people. The 57 year old was remembered by his fraternity brothers. He will be missed. A lot of brothers loved him as he walked in, said Omega Sci-Fi fraternity brother. brother. The sure also mentored children and was a golf coach and father. In addition, he worked in the Memphis police, in the Memphis public schools as a resource police officer. We lost a great brother, even though he wasn't with the fraternity that long. He actually, he actually, as soon as he came in, started working and doing what he was supposed to do, said Avant to Action News 5. His body was discovered days after the city filed a motion to dismiss the $550 million civil lawsuit in the Nichols death, which was filed in April by his family and civil rights attorney, Ben Crump. The Memphis Police Department said his death, his killing, is still under investigation. I cannot tell you how many times police officers, even some in command, have contacted us at Indisputable to give us information, insight, video evidence, transcripts, emails. Text messages, you've seen the segments. Why do they contact us? Why not simply go to, let's say, law enforcement inside of their jurisdiction or maybe the state police? Because they are afraid 
that what happened to this detective will happen to them. They know good and damn well why individuals are afraid of the police. So when you hear someone say, well, I don't know why they ran from the police. The police, they were simply there because they wanted to make things right, to seek justice, to investigate. They run from the police because the police run from the police too. They know exactly who they're dealing with. They know exactly what gang, I mean organization they are a part of. All right, being thoughts here. I don't understand how this is possible. It says to protect and serve on the side of the police vehicles. You'd think that's what they would be there to do. Um, and this is so, I mean, you know, we don't know the details. We don't know exactly what happened yet, but it does not look good. Um, generally, people don't end up dead face down in their driveway. Um, and it just seems, it sounds execution style to me. We don't know the details again, but um, he didn't even say anything so crazy. Didn't give anyone's names. He just gave mild commentary, mild rebuke about a police department that clearly is corrupt, disgusting, and shambles, needs to be redone from the ground up. And that's a death sentence. I mean, how archaic and backwards can police departments be that this is an egregious betrayal to go on television and say, nah, this is not good. And they're putting people too young on these special task forces. Whoa, kill the guy. I mean, we really have to look ourselves as a society in the eye and just stop accepting this kind of behavior, this kind of disgusting, illegal, egregious behavior from anyone, let alone from the police. This man was a great man by all accounts. Yep. He was a school resource officer because he wanted to be. That's right. And now they've lost a now they've lost a resource in the community um, that would have helped maybe create more children that could have become good police officers. So very well said. And I will put this out for the record. While information is developing, I can tell you that the Memphis police, they have not responded as if this is one of their own. They have not responded as if this is one of their own. We had to get information from the family as to what actually happened and who it was that it happened to. These things are not normative. And while we don't have all of the pieces of the puzzle, keep in mind, the only reason why we're even discussing this in the context of cause and effect is because we have seen police officers do so much evil and violence and killing against citizens and non-citizens of this nation. All right, tell them a story, all right? We have a woman who was inside of a lift car getting a ride. She gets shot in the head, she survives. Because her wig literally stopped the bullet from going into her brain. Put up the picture full mass. This is going to be an amazing story. A DeKalb County woman in the state of Georgia was saved from a stray bullet due to her wig. The victim was asked to withhold, withhold her name. Let me give you background to the incident. The life changing event happened on June 10th. The first day of the woman's new job, 
It also was the aftermath of a heated argument between two men nearby. She heard them while she was pulling up to the East Perimeter Point Apartments on Snapfinger Woods in her lift and immediately felt uneasy. Now, for full transparency, I used to live there. I used to live on Snapfinger Woods. So I know exactly what she was referring to when she said she pulled up. Folks are arguing. She already knows what may be about to happen, okay? So she told Fox 5 News, next thing you know, next thing you know, We hear gunshots, the three bullets hit his car, two hit me. The wig I had on stopped one and one landed on my head, likely a ricochet. I have a bullet in my head right now, she said. Remarkably, she survived the injuries and believes her life being spared was an act of divine intervention, I agree. I had to pick up my belongings from the homicide department because nobody counted on me making it, she said in the interview. Quote, God is real. I wouldn't be here with my kids today if God wasn't real, end quote. Now I want to highlight the significance of the statement she made about where she had to pick up her belongings. When all of this happened, naturally she has to go to the hospital, right? Uh, Detectives arrived, there was an assumption made that because of her injuries and because of where she was shot, she would not survive. So who took over the investigation? Who decided to lead the investigation and gather the evidence? Homicide detectives, homicide detectives, because they were that sure she was going to die, but she did not. The Lyft driver is a hero. Let me highlight what this Lyft driver did. While she gave God the glory, okay? She also celebrated the Lyft driver, calling him her quote hero. Amid the shooting, he made sure to give her aid while the shots were happening. An act that not only saved a life, but put his life at risk. Quote, he came around the car, even though bullets were still flying. He came and got out of his car, one could have hit him. But he held my hand and tried to keep me conscious until the ambulance got there, she said. So let me tell you how the wig saved her life. She was immediately taken to Grady Hospital, okay? Grady Memorial Hospital, um, major trauma hospital, where doctors were actually unable to remove the bullet from her head. She was lucky despite penetrating her cranium. The velocity of the bullet was not strong enough to make it into her brain because the wig in part slowed down that velocity, it's basic physics. Authorities, from the DeKalb County Police Department are currently investigating the incident. No arrests have been made thus far. Now, if you think that's something, the same damn thing happened about 14 years ago, put it up. This is not the first time that someone has experienced being saved because of a wig. 14 years ago in Kansas City, a woman survived a similar incident where her wig stopped a 40 caliber bullet from entering her skull. The victim said, quote, I invested a lot, a lot of money into this weed and it saved my life. Yes, end quote. All right, now we have historic cases happening today. People are discriminating in particular against black women from wearing various hairstyles, including weave and wigs, etc. Well, we see here 
it could actually save a life. Now, I know there are many people saying, well, it could not have been the wig because it was too thin, etc. No, it was conclusively uh, the wig that helped stop the velocity according to the medical experts involved. All right, Ben, thoughts here. I, I uh, Firstly, you gotta hope when she got out of the hospital, she gave that Lyft driver five stars. This has gotta be <laughs> a five right, star, be five star. <laughs> situation. Maybe a nice tip on there too. Um, this, I think the real moral of the story here is this is why you don't skimp on your wigs. Right. She right. clearly went thick. She clearly That's went right. top notch. She went with the That's top tier stuff. She went top tier stuff. She's not going, the point of the wig is to thicken the hair. You want to thick it right. You want to go with the expensive stuff. And like you said, it's not the first time I watched the news story from the one 14 years ago. And um, I would like to, to, shame the news organization from using the headline on that story, unbeweavable. They really did put that up there. They did, I'll use the old man. It said unbeweavable. And so they could have probably thought a little harder on that one. But you gotta thank, I think not just the Lord, but also the wig makers that are really doing God's work and really making a quality product. I wish you would tell us what company she got the wig from because that company needs some shine as well. Yeah, man, uh, big time. All right, there's an update to a story we've covered since day one. Remember the cop who decided it was a good idea to punch a teenager inside of a police precinct who did nothing to him? Well, he has now been charged by the feds. Let's go to the video. It looked as if he was trying to murder him. The officers involved did end up reporting the actions of their colleague, but their colleague should have been the one throwing it to that damn jail cell and not that teenager. Let's put up his picture full mass. Officer Matthew Rodriguez has now been charged with a federal civil rights crime after the release of a video that shows him punching a 19 year old. His name is Jaquan Smith. He punched him in the, in the face, decided to pull his hair, slammed him to the ground, slammed his face into the ground during a simple booking process. The charges come after the colleagues did in fact report his misconduct. Quote, the victim was not in an aggressive stance and his hands were by his side. 
with his thumbs in his pants. FBI agent Brent Nita said in a court filing. The attack was witnessed by two officers who intervened during the attack and immediately reported it to supervisors who then informed police commissioner William Dyer. An internal investigation was launched on the same day of the assault. Rodriguez was arrested and charged with two misdemeanors, willful neglect of duty and assault. The 48 year old was released on the $5,000 bond. He was initially placed on leave, but then fired on June 23rd after a hearing with the commissioner. And I will say this, he was charged with light charges. Okay, should have been charged with violation of both felonies should accompany people like him that do things like that. I'm glad to see the federal government actually getting involved. We need more prosecutions like this to make things fair, to make things fair. When we first did this story in our first follow up, we found that he had a history of violent misconduct. He had a history of it. No surprise really, right? But we gotta say it and provide it for the record. We also are aware now that, well, there was absolutely no provocation. If you look at some of the thread, some of the commentary provided by those who watch the video, they say things, well, well maybe, maybe the teenager threatened him and he was afraid. Nope, his colleagues have testified, nothing like that happened. All right, Ben, we got the federal government involved finally. They should be quicker to the draw in my opinion, but something is happening. The supervisor did um, fire him quickly. It was the same day that investigation concluded as far as his misconduct. But then he gets charged with these very simple misdemeanors. That's the problem, thoughts. It is, I mean, a couple of problems here. And while like you pointed out, Doc, there are some good signs here that at least this went federal and charges are coming. Um, they were only misdemeanor charges, they said, because the young man did not sustain injuries. I don't understand that rationale. The rationale is that, oh, it's only a misdemeanor if a cops beat you up. If you can take a beating, if you happen to be strong, if he didn't happen to break your nose. But obviously there was injuries, maybe right. not ones that were physically visible. There's gotta be some sort of trauma to the brain from having your head smashed into the ground. You'd have to assume on account of basically understanding how life works and how grounds are, which are hard. It wasn't a shag carpet down that floor. That was a hard police room floor and they said the two officers came in and intervened immediately. No, they did not. They held the young man down while the officer continued to smash his head into the ground and punch him in the face once he was already restrained. Officers, you can pull the officer off. Yep. You can say, whoa, whoa, dude, no, we don't do that. And so I think there should be, I mean, it's good they reported it immediately. They didn't add to the problem, but they did not stop it either, and that That's should right. be at the very least noted. And the fact that there's a history of violent misconduct from this officer is the entire problem in this case. I'm sorry, but no one's saying that if there was violence or physical force used during a legitimate way for a police stop, that that should be a problem. No one's saying a cop can't defend him or herself, but when it's misconduct, when it is violent misconduct, when it is not appropriate or called for in any way, the first offense should drop you from the force. You're done because that's how you're gonna get officers that don't ever do that 
just even if they're bad people because they don't want to lose their jobs. That's right, so well said. And the irony is being the only time we have seen an officer pull another cop from a victim was when a female officer pulled her sergeant off of a handcuffed man in the back of a police cruiser. And she was in such fear of her life after that, that the mayor of the city had to do an interview and tell cops to leave her alone. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still have a lot on the agenda. Uh, before we get into the comments, Ben, tell people about what you got coming up, dear brother. Always a fascinating uh, journey with you. Thank you, my friend. Um, the virtual comedy club I created, Worldwide Club, where you get a full comedy experience from your own home, nowhere comedy. I'm doing my monthly. Uh, all improvised show this Saturday. It's called Gleeb Off the Top, announcing this live for the first time right now with special guest talk show icon Ricky Lake this Saturday at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Uh, tickets at bengleeb.com or nowherecomedy.com. And then at the end of the month, on July 29th, I am doing something very special. I'll be at the Lyric Hyperion Theater in Silver Lake. You can get tickets in person or virtual through nowherecomedy.com to my brand new debut of my brand new hour called Endings. I've had a very intense year. Some of you may know with a breakup and my father passing and a dog attack that was very strange. And I'm turning all of it into comedy gold, my friends. So you can come there and be part of the catharsis and laugh at some of our mutual pain that we all experience in life at some point. It's called Endings, I hope it will be leading to my third hour special. This will be the first chance to see that both in person or live. Tickets to that as well at bengleeb.com for Saturday, July 29th or nowherecomedy.com. I hope to see all of you there either virtually projected on the wall or in person in the small intimate 75 seat theater for a very special performance. Beautiful stuff, man, beautiful stuff. Um, I know you have overcome a lot. You are a strong, strong brother and I appreciate your continued advocacy for what you do and the way you do it, man. Uh, really, there's nobody like you in the market. Uh, Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake, she's hey. coming on. We're gonna be riffing this Saturday. That's some dope-ish, man. I've built some dope it. stuff in my life, <laughs> but that's the dopest stuff I've ever. Ricky Lake. Yep, it. coming right. in. Love it, okay. Um, for those who are watching, I have a new op-ed. Uh, you can check it out at rollingout.com. Uh, and I spotlight some things about America's hypocrisy, about Republican insanity, and also about the Democrats' apathy because it just needed to be said, all right? So you can check it out, go to rollingout.com. Uh, you can also find it on my social media platforms, on my Facebook page, or even on Twitter. You can find it right now, I just posted it. Would love you to check out my new op-ed where I set the record straight about it all, including affirmative action, all right? Okay, uh, this is, yeah, interesting. Make a seat to see had track uh, dragon. Uh, police suspect foul play, he was beaten to a pulp. Is the other alternative that he punched and kicked himself to death? I know right, the hopes we suspect foul play here. Um, let's go to Mo Fury. Cops like Rodriguez should be locked in a cell with someone they have arrested. Sorry, not sorry. See Michael Henson, 
Thank you, C. Michael. The Memphis police didn't respond to what happened to one of their own officers because of their minds. He wasn't one of their own. Disgusting. I agree with you. And let's go to Alicia Lynette. This is why I stay with my weave, LOL. I got you, girl. I mean, if there's a more compelling reason, let me know. It has saved people's lives, literally. Can't say that for Big Macs. Anyway, I got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I've had trouble. There's an African American man threatening my life. Get out. Can't wait. (laughs) All right, so. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Get away, bitch, right here. Oh, no, absolutely. The no, f- I did call you no, that. No, you did not. Yeah, I did call you that. You don't f- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's not assault because she touched me. Get out of here. No, here. Wow, all right. You have a combination here of a Karen, um, an anti Karen, and another anti Karen. So let me say this for context. These are children working at a fast food restaurant, children. The Karen in question who's calling a child a ghetto, mm-mm. well, you're an adult. You're an adult, Karen, you need to grow up. You see, I worked in food industries myself. I worked in fast food. I Waited tables. I did all of that when I was younger. It's the most, let's just say, it's the toughest job in the world. Very hard, very difficult. You're always on your feet. You're always having to do something. Something needs to be done with the cash register or the milkshake machine or maybe even cleaning, etc. It's always work. You get paid very little for kind of work you're engaged in. And then to be treated like this, well, That just adds to the madness of it all. People deserve to be treated with respect. I have a philosophy, a personal philosophy that everyone who knows me, they know about this philosophy. I don't tip based on how great the service is. I tip very high and I tip the same every time, high. Even if the waiter or waitress is having a bad day, Because everybody's entitled to one. And the reality is I try to make up for the jerks who don't tip at all. Stop treating people this way, you won't be highlighted on this program. All right, Ben, thoughts here. I think it's a great classic Karen. She had the Karen face, the Karen vibe. Um, I love the tank top key move for sure. Key move, key move. It's a, it's part of the Karen wardrobe. She's just missing the beret, really. You know, these Karens are wild, man. I see the common theme that after they say the racist thing and or get angry inappropriately, mm-hmm. when the person just responds like, "You did not say that to me, did you?" They get angrier. Right. They get angrier at the fact that someone's offended by being offended, by right. being insulted. It is wild. Thankfully, that Karen had a husband who clearly is over her and yeah. pulled her out of there so he doesn't have to be going into court 
for the next year of his life. And mm-hmm. so sometimes a Karen has a Karen diffuser who just made some bad decisions in his life and he can't get out of it. But at least he can sometimes help stop the escalation of Karenicity in yeah. the city. Like the song says, man, it's cheaper to keep. All right. <laughs> I don't have a category for this next one, so I'm just going to say, here it is. Where are you going, Joe? Give me off this you ain't paid me my money. You ain't camera. paid me my money. I'll get you off this camera, camera when you give me my money. 15 minutes, 125. You know the drill. How many times a week we meet up, Joe? This time? This time, really? You think we fit No, I'm sorry. Your wife's going to see this. Your wife is going to see this. Pay me my money or get a divorce. Which one is going to be? Which one is it gonna be? Give me off that game. She's gonna know. Give me off the three, four times a week. He here, y'all. Facebook. He's here meeting with me in this room. Yeah. No, I'm not getting you off of nothing. Everybody gonna know about you. Run me my money. I ain't got time for this. You know my money is valuable. I'm sorry. You know my time is my money, and I. I'll explain my time with you. I gave you 200 last time. And you got $200 worth of pleasure the last time, too. Let me pay you when I get home. No, no. You ain't gave me nothing extra. You got extras. I'm sorry. No, absolutely not. Okay. This ain't happening. You're not not leaving, Joe. Give me off that damn camera. No. When you give me my money, I'll get you off the camera. You're getting a divorce. What you're going to get is a divorce. Everybody on Facebook is going to see this. Yes, she'll know who you are. Everybody might not know, but she will know. She will know. You know, when you give me my money, that's all you got to do is give me my money. Give me my money. That's all you have to do. I'm sorry. 15 minutes for 15, uh, uh, 15 minutes, 125, 125. You know the rates. You know the rates. I'll pay you to be free tonight. What? You you have lost your damn mind. You ain't never paid me for nothing free. Whatever you paid me, you got your money's worth every time. You've been satisfied. Do you hear me? You're not leaving this room. You're not leaving this room until I get my money. I'm sorry. No, I, you I, you white. No, I'm joking. You're not leaving. Not joke. No, you're about to catch charge, y'all. No, you're not leaving. I will right out here. I'm sorry. No, I don't. What? What? Yes, Joe. Joe, right here, has not paid me my money. I'm sorry. You about to get a divorce, Joe. I'm posting this. You think I'm playing with you? You think I'm playing with you? Reverend, I'm highly disappointed, sir. You of all people should know the importance of paying tithes and offerings. Okay, um, let's put up the picture full mask. He actually did a good job hiding himself. Now, we didn't like. Blur the picture, the picture was already blurred. Um, Pastor Joe said some things that I just, you know, I want to highlight. One, he said it should be free uh, because I guess he left a tip maybe for the last encounter. Uh, he said, I gave you $200 last time. And that was rebutted by the fact uh, that he received $200 worth of pleasure. And then um, the rates, 15 minutes. Now, I'm just saying what she said the rates are. 15 minutes equals $125. So, Reverend, that's a whole lot of collection money, dear brother, that you have been paying. And uh, the church may need to check the finances, sir. 
Why don't you just pay the woman? I'm not moralizing against you, man. You do what you do. Um, I hope your wife is at least aware of your shenanigans. That's only fair. But damn, you said it should be free. Come on, man. You can probably run that pip church game on other folk, but she was the wrong one. All right, Ben, thoughts here. This is a great video. <laughs> I mean, putting him on blast and the guy sticking by not paying even at the end. Oh, man. Right. He pulls out one pocket and says, I don't have any money. A lot of pants, FYI, have two pockets. That's so you true. gotta pull out. You gotta pull out just facts. I speak the truth. You gotta pull out two pockets to prove you don't have the money on you at the moment. But then he doesn't even stick by saying, I'll pay you later. At the even at the very end, he's like, Come on, this one should be free. You don't get free services from a prostitute. This is a business transaction. This ain't love. This is not a of a, a voluntary hangout. This is a work meeting. This is a work meeting, and I'm sorry she didn't get the 125, but, and I don't know how far she lives from LA, but let me just say, here's 100, here's 20, and here's five. That's a 125 right there. The money's good. You can put the little marker on it. Come on over anytime. I, I gotta go to break. All right, we got more on the other side. Indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let's go to some of the amazing comments. Before I do that, I want to make sure people are reminded of, well, Ben Glebe's upcoming major stuff. All right, Ben, if you would remind everybody again what you got coming up. Thank you, Doc. On July 29th, end of this month, Saturday night, live streaming worldwide and in person in Silver Lake, California. My new hours debuting for the first time as I evolve the material. It's called Endings. It's going to be a heartfelt and hilarious night, I hope. And we're still writing, we're still tweaking, we're still developing it around town, but it's going to be a really cool way to see what I've been working on and see my stand up, my scripted stuff, not my improv stuff. So go to nowherecomedy.com, toggle down and get a ticket right now from anywhere on earth or come join us in person in Silver Lake. Tickets for both are right there. There it is. And I guarantee you, you will have a great time. The man works hard to make sure you have the right experience, all right? You will laugh your ass off. Okay, yeah, Lynn, seriously, what is wrong with people? Carers need to find a hobby they enjoy other than harassing others. That's the thing, that's what they like doing, all right? That's that's the thing right there. Mo Fury, uh, did Ben just solicit a prostitute all day? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's called satire. This is called satire from a comedian, but hit me up, girl, Instagram DM. <laughs> All right, man, just, sir, just please make sure you got enough to pay for the 15 minute interval, sir. I got right. it, I even got tip money. I also tip big just like Dr. Richie does. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right. so Looney Tunes 9000 says, Doc, I have a new category for you to put this damn fool of a preacher in. I wish a preacher would, there it is. You may have started something. Yeah. Okay. All right, Thomas McDonald, uh, married men, let this be a lesson for you. Don't cheat on your wife, period. Uh, Fritz uh, 
I think this is Jacques, I believe. Um, always get your money before, <laughs> before provided services, not after. <laughs> Y'all so bad. At least 50%, at least 50. You know, especially dealing with preachers. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Preach off it could be the name of the new segment. There you go. Uh, C. Michael Henson. Thank you, C. Michael. Uh, Karen's husband wasn't really trying to stop her, he was trying to escape. Also notice how when Karen's hold up their phones, but we never see their video. That's so true. I've never seen a Karen actually post their video, but <laughs> damn near 90% of the time they are recording, at least they say they are, right? That's a good damn point you just made. Okay. I got another name for your other okay. segment, Preaches for Peaches. That's the segment title. That would actually <laughs> fly in Georgia, by the way. That yeah, would be would. a great Georgia segment <laughs> for sure. Okay, all right, uh, very sad story. We are still trying to figure out what exactly happened. An LA church targeted with KKK style cross burning. Put up the picture of the church and the crosses, okay? Supposedly a symbol of religious expression, protected, righteous, right? This is what it looked like. This is another cross burning that we were able to retrieve. That's what the KKK would do. So a pastor found that he had his crosses burning just like this outside of his church. The reports say firefighters responded to a report of a fire shortly before 5 a.m. The, uh, the three crosses in the garden in front of the church were scorched from flames, but by the time the firefighters arrived, the fire had ceased. Authorities say there was a garden hose nearby, but it's unclear if someone put out the flames. Fire officials say the three crosses appear to have been doused in lighter fluid and individually set on fire, each one. The church itself, thankfully, was not harmed. Um, here's what the Reverend said, this is Reverend Pierre. Um, in the in his 30 years of leading the Christian Fellowship Church, uh, Selmer Christian Fellowship Church, Reverend Pierre said he never saw a threat like what he saw on July 6. I remember you just had the celebration of independence, right? July 4. This happens on July 6. Quote: It's a shame that people still want to do things like this in this day and age. End quote. It's a multiracial congregation that we have, he says. So there should be no issue. Now, let me just pause on that. Come to me. The pastor says we have a multiracial congregation. And there should be no issue. Put up the pastor again. And I want to talk to my brother directly. Dear brother, that's the reason you were targeted. That is the reason you were targeted. It is because your ministry is breaking down the walls of division within the context of race dynamics and background. You are doing the work that truly aggravates the adverse actors against you. We have no issue, he says. And I think it's just someone that in a bad moment, in a time made a bad decision. I hope that's what it is. 
We have a diverse community, he said. We have Hispanic, we have black, we have white. We have come as you are. We don't really care, we see every, everyone. If you're in the building, you're in the building. The mayor, Karen Bass said on Twitter, and I quote, <clears throat> I spoke with Pastor Pierre Howard yesterday. We will be working with LAPD to ensure that the individual or individuals responsible for this act are held accountable. My thoughts are with the Selmer Christian Fellowship Church as we chart our path forward together. As per the standard for any ad, uh, attacks against houses of worship, the House of Worship Task Force, which is a real thing, LAPD and FBI will investigate the case as a hate crime. So we have all of the ingredients, right? You have racist white males back in actual political power. You have cross burnings happening at churches. You have voting rights being eroded for those who come from communities of color. You have affirmative action being gutted so that diversity can lessen throughout this country by way of higher education. That then sets the groundwork, the legal framework so that you could eliminate all diversity inclusion programs throughout this nation period. They are doing what they wanted to do in the 60s, they are now doing it by statute in 2023. Ben, thoughts here. You're exactly right that we have this resurgence in our government and our leadership, and that is the direct link. That's the direct reason why we have a resurgence on the ground. When you see leaders that are saying unconscionable things that are endorsing hateful rhetoric, of course you're gonna have idiots on the ground that take that as a green flag to go right ahead and do whatever is in their mind that they were afraid to do before. They know they have support now in government. That's why we need to expel and lock up anybody that's hateful even in our government. And it's not just the overt ones like the Steve Kings and the Tommy Tubervilles. It's the ones that go speak at white nationalist conferences like Marjorie Taylor Greene yes. and Paul Gosar. It's ones like Mitch McConnell that don't rebuke it. It's all of the people that don't in all harsh terms say, nope, you just went and spoke at a white nationalist conference. You're on my crap list now as well. It can be no more piecemeal. Oh, I'll try to apologize as I have to, as I'm forced to, as I'm backed into a corner. If you don't stand for greatness, for equality, for kindness, for goodness, for all people being treated the same, then you stand for the exact opposite. You can't stand in the middle and then claim that you're not racist. You are if you don't stand hard and fast against it. That's just a fact that we've lost sight of and we have to put our foot down and make sure we never lose sight of it again. That's right, real leadership is required, especially in times like this. Okay, a six year old black girl, a child escapes, escapes a would be kidnapper. Uh, let's put it up full mass, put the picture up full mass. Now, I know we say, to children, don't bite anyone. But in this case, obviously an exception needed to be made. In Miami, a six year old girl saved herself 
from an alleged would-be kidnapper. The girl says that Leonardo Venegas tried to abduct her as she was playing outside of her apartment and she bit him, bit him hard, which was enough to stop this would-be kidnapper. The girl told reporters, quote, he picked me up and then he slapped me. Then he threw me on the floor and started running. The kids noticed the white SUV parked near the victim's apartment. Most of them went inside, but the child sat on the rear stairway. Police reviewed security footage and identified the white SUV allegedly driven by the would-be kidnapper. Two days later, the arrest report says investigators had tracked the vehicle to an address where the would-be kidnapper was taken into custody. Uh, Let's put up a picture of the apartment complex. So he has now been charged with one count each of kidnapping and child abuse with no great bodily harm. Miami-Dade corrections and rehabilitation records show that this individual is being held in detention without bond because he's dangerous. He also appears to have an outstanding warrant for an expired driver's license and a warrant for an apparent immigration violation. The child told reporters that she learned her self-defense techniques from her mother, all right? Let's put her up, there's mom, a mother taught her, who told WPLG that she taught her daughter to fight back. You have to teach your kids not to speak to strangers and protect themselves even when you're not around. The girl's mom is Tisha McGill and she taught her daughter farewell. Um, This is a tragedy averted, but still a tragedy. While she is safe at her home, believe me, when this happens to a young person, it creates a trauma that they do not have the maturity to yet quite understand. This has changed her entire overview of how she will perceive the world around her, how she will respond to adults in the future. And that trauma, if unaddressed, it shows up in various ways in the future. I'm very thankful that she knew at least to engage in defensive tactics and they were successful. Make sure all children are always watched at all times. Ben, thoughts? That's exactly right. This is a very difficult thing for the young girl to have gone through, but the trauma will not be as bad, luckily, if as it would have been if he had actually abducted her. You know, she at least realizes now the world can be scary, but yeah. that you can also defeat that evil by standing up for yourself hard and aggressively and making sure that you don't let the evil doers out there do evil on you. Yeah, that's right. I'm so sad that so many young people, especially black children, have to be in adult situations very early, before they're even 11 years old, 10 years old. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. I don't have time to read them all, but thank you, everyone who joins the combo. Mickey C, Silverhead Dragon, Burning Cross is brought to you by good, loving Christian men. I'm wearing dresses. Lynn, sending that pastor thoughts and prayers for when his wife sees the video. So it's done. Uh, this is Viva La, La Letta Godfrey. 
Viva Laleta Godfrey, I think I said that right. Uh, thank you for that, we appreciate you. And Rose Rosie, uh, this baby is our own hero. Good for the little girl, agreed. And Trudy Lawrence, member for 11 months, thank you so much for that support. Black women have to save themselves and the world. This is so hard to hear, but a cautionary tale to make sure we are always ready. The mother prepared her baby, tears, yeah. Very sad, you even have to have conversations like that with your children. Okay, TSA agents arrested for what? For stealing from passengers. We covered something similar, but it wasn't actual TSA agents, but now it is. Let's put up the picture for a mask. Three Miami TSA agents have been apprehended for organizing the theft of passenger belongings. All three face the charge of organized scheme to defraud. All right, so it's Josu Gonzalez, Elizabeth Fuster, and Laberius Williams, MPD detectives, caught the trio removing $600 from a passenger's wallet via surveillance. Okay, additional footage is said to show the trio scheming more thefts. Now, I want to remind you of where TSA is located. All right, we're not talking about baggage claim, we're not talking about um, baggage being carried to an aircraft, we're talking about as you go through the security checkpoint. And you come out a few hundred, a few thousand dollars lighter at the security checkpoint. And what kind of supervision or lack thereof was present to where this actually did happen for a period of time? According to the news station, CBS Miami, the three suspects would deliberately distract the passenger's attention while another one or two of them would rifle through the unsuspecting victim's property for valuables and cash. A probe was launched after multiple complaints to airport police about thefts continued at checkpoint E, where the three TSA agents were eventually caught. In a statement to NBC Miami, a TSA spokesperson said, quote, the Transportation Security Administration holds its transportation security officers to the highest professional and ethical standards and has no tolerance for misconduct in the workplace. We actively and aggressively investigated these allegations of misconduct and presented our findings to the NMDPD and are working closely with them, any employee, who fails to meet our fundamental ethical standards will be held accountable, is held accountable. Uh, TSA has not released a formal statement discussing this particular incident. Um, let's put up the picture again. So according to the current narrative, according to what we know now, uh, the scheme was quite simple. They would utilize one individual to distract a person. And that's when the others would go through the items. Now, most of us have been at a TSA checkpoint at some point in our life. This is it, only three people were involved. Yeah, I find it hard to believe. All right, we will bring you updates as they come. Ben, thoughts here? Well, I already didn't like the TSA experience. You know, you go through, they, they, they patch you down. Who knew while they were patting you down, they were picking your pockets. This is a development I don't like, but if it keeps their hand off my butt, I'm okay with it also. 
same time. So I'm, you know, I'm on the fence a little bit. What a what a simple plan. What an yeah. unthought of what a what a what a poorly thought of simple plan. We distract you and then we steal your stuff on the other side. I don't know about you, but when my stuff is not with me, I don't care if a TSA agent's talking to me. I'm looking at my stuff. Yeah. And so that's probably how they got taken down. Or when you go to buy the $18 bagel and you don't have your cash anymore, pretty obvious where that cash went. I'm glad these people finally were caught and TSA can now just be the unpleasant experience it always was, but you get to keep your money. There you go. And I will say, you know, there are potato chips that cost $12. You might as well have a ski mask when I pay for it. just got there telling somebody to go back to Jamaica where they came from is a racist statement madam let's put up one of the screenshots that we have i don't have many details here the poster did not provide significant background but i will say this if anyone knows this particular karen please do an intervention Quickly, because what she's doing may not be safe for her health. All right, Jeff, it is amazing to me that people will literally offer a comment that is patently racist and then claim that despite the comment, they actually are not racist as the comment is. Can you explain this madness to me? Well, I was hoping that we would hear something like, I'm not racist, I like Bob Marley or something stupid <laughs> like that. I don't know. And again, we don't know this person's background. Please send the information to Dr. Rishi once you gain it. Because what we do know is she didn't want any of that anti-Karen. That anti-Karen was gonna deal with her swiftly. And I think she said drag her over that front yard. Yeah. She didn't want a part of that. So shout out to the anti-Karen. Yeah, and that, that's why I'm trying to make sure the family does an intervention on the care. And I want to keep people safe, make sure there's an opportunity for redemption, all right? A 12 year old, this is a complex story. A 12 year old brought a knife to school. There's a story behind it. Why did the 12 year old do it? Well, there was racist bullying happening against a 12 year old and it was not dealt with. There was no response from the school, no protection. Let's put up the school full mask. 
So this 12 year old uh, biracial child is facing a felony charge after he brought a butterfly knife to school after being bullied and repeatedly called the N word. This was at Ottawa Middle School located in Kansas. The grade schooler who is black and Native American reported uh, reportedly also was told to, and I quote, go back to picking cotton, end quote. Let me give you background, according to the attorney, Vincent Rivera. The bully allegedly told the boy to stop coming to school or I am going to hurt you prior to hitting the child and knocking him down. The abuse started when the family moved to the to Ottawa in 2019 and the child then refused to get out of bed to go to school because he was afraid to go to school. In December, the bully knocked the child down and told him, quote, if you keep coming to school, it's going to get worse, all right? Um, so do you think the child is evil doing what he's doing against the uh, biracial student? Well, he's mimicking, he's mimicking behavior, right? It's called mimicry, there's more. The uh, child's youngest or younger brother was also bullied at his elementary school and on the bus. And his mother said it got worse when he began attending Ottawa Middle School. She said she complained almost daily to the school, daily, every day. But the bullying simply worsened. Her younger son was called dirty N word as the bullies pulled his hair, prompting his mother to shave his head so that he no longer had to endure having his hair pulled. Sad. State of affairs, security footage of the bullying identified the students who bullied the middle schooler. But to his knowledge, no one was ever punished, no one. And he said that he felt like the school prioritized the white students. Instead, her child, her child was given a pass to leave the classroom to decompress from the abuse. The incident was reported to the school board, she reportedly never received a response. He was told, quote, no one likes black kids here at our school. The older brother also was hit with a piece of wood near the school and the police were called. However, no one was ever held accountable, no one was arrested. After his mother told school officials about her son being bullied, no action was ever taken. And she was told she would be charged with truancy. A crime if her son did not return to school. Understand the scenario that has now been presented. Please get what's happening with this one family. You literally have one student who's making the same complaint, says another student, they're brothers. They've experienced the same thing within this system of education. This brother is trying to navigate the waters, the social atmosphere of being bullied. Complaints are coming in daily from the mother. Nothing is being done. Child is being not only harassed, but physically assaulted. Hair being pulled, hair gets cut to eliminate that. Nobody does anything. And then they threaten the mother, if your child doesn't come back to this school, we are going to have you arrested. So the child does something unthinkable. After his mother told school officials about her son being bullied, no action was taken and she was told she would be charged with truancy if her son did not return. The boy did return to school, but he decided to bring a knife. 
1.5 inch butterfly knife to be exact. Which he said he did not plan to use unless he was attacked again by the bullies. I believe him because there's no report of him ever being the aggressor nor even defending himself. His mother also said that she didn't trust the authorities at the school to protect her child. The student is now charged according to Kansas City Star. The boy appeared in a Franklin County court on June 26 for a criminal threat charge that if committed by an adult, that if committed by an adult would be considered a level nine felony. The state also reportedly threatened a child support order against the boy's mother in the instance he will be removed from the home. She and her husband moved to the area from Oklahoma to be closer to her husband's family. The outlet is not publishing their names for the safety of the family. Let's go to the superintendent of schools. You have superintendent Dr. Ryan Cobb. You also have Franklin County attorney Brandon L. Jones, all right? They are, well, leaders, allegedly. So you have a tragedy visited upon one child, a family, nothing is done, repeated attack, repeated conflict, repeated complaints, nothing is done. And then an arrest is threatened. Child goes to school to stop his mama from getting arrested. And in the process of doing so, he carries a knife. Uh, Violence is never the answer. We stand by that, it's not the answer. But you gotta take into context some of these things that happen. We call this contributory negligence of the institution. The school itself is at least partly, if not majority of the blame here for what transpired. Being thoughts. Yeah, it is complicated because you can't be encouraging kids to take knives to school. But as somebody who was bullied myself and beaten up a couple times in elementary school, I understand that instinct. I remember seeing a pocket knife in my parents house and thinking I'd like to bring that to school. I can't remember if I did or not, I don't think I did. But I might have put it in my bag, I can't really remember back in the day. Probably not in case they want to come after me this late. Right. Um, but you can't blame a kid who's getting beaten up. The scariest thing you can possibly obviously go through from bringing that knife. Story also said that he was playing with it at his desk. You think well, you definitely shouldn't be brandishing it. But then you understand that too, because he's trying to show the bullies, I got a knife, trying to let word spread, don't mess with me anymore. And so while I do understand probably punishment was appropriate because he had a, a, a knife, that should only ever be done after, and hopefully now at least it's being done with aggressive punishment to the bullies and a no tolerance policy for bullying. Yep. You can't do it, you just can't do it. Now this kid and his brother have to spend their whole lives their whole childhoods rather, their whole schooling at a boarding school away from their family because the school didn't do its job. So, and also an important fact to note, this child brought a knife to school for self-defense after being beaten up facing a felony. A cop that beat up a defenseless man, beat him up, did the action, misdemeanor. Yep, come on man, exactly. Uh, And I will say this uh, for the record, this is an adult created scenario. This whole thing was created by the adults in charge because it was their job to intervene at some level of this to make it right. And they never did. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Well, just a little. All right, let me read a couple of comments, okay? Uh, I appreciate everybody for always joining the conversation, keeping things well, very lively. Uh, another radical dragon says, the family needs to sue the school to pay for private school, psychological injury and therapy. Yes, Mega C the Silverhead Dragon. The kid with the knife in school should have been able to plead. He was standing his ground, self-defense. Right. Especially those that say, well, bearing arms is a natural right. Well, that means you have it when you're born. Yeah, none of that applied here. All right. We do hope that the family is able to reconcile and remedy beyond this, okay? Um, Mitch McConnell. Has said, whoa, Senator. Now, damn it, now that's just too damn racist, okay? Gotta, you know, keep it in the center here. Uh, let's just go to the comments. Let's go to the comments. Here it is. Speaking of the military, I do wanna give you a chance to clarify some comments you made recently on white nationalists serving in the military. For those who are watching, if they haven't heard your remarks, this is what you said. Do you believe they should allow white nationalists in the military? Well, they call them that. I call them Americans. Do you want to explain those comments, Senator? Yeah, first of all, uh, I'm totally against any type of racism, okay? I was a football coach for 40 years, and I dealt uh, and, and had opportunity to be around more minorities than anybody up here on this hill. Uh, but when our military has been attacked, was being attacked after 9-11, after January 6th, and that was my first day on the Senate floor. I thought it was, I thought it was outrageous of what senators from the Democratic side, Chuck Schumer sat on the floor that night, calling out people, calling people racist, calling people nationalist, white nationalist. White nationalist is just another word that they want to use other than racism. Uh, I'm totally against anything to do with racism. But the thing about being a white nationalist is just a cover word for the Democrats now where they can use it to try to make people mad across the country, identity politics. I'm totally against that. But I'm for the American people. I'm for military. I'm for Christian conservatives, Democrats, whoever wants to be in the, uh, the, the military to fight for this country, to protect this country. That's what it's all about. But just to be clear, you agree that white nationalists should not be serving in the U.S. military. Is that what you're saying? If, if people think that a white nationalist is a racist, I agree with that. I agree they should A white shouldn't. nationalist is someone who believes that the white race is superior to other races. Well, that, that's some people's opinion. He's a white nationalist, okay? He's probably a spokesperson. Here's what McConnell said when approached about it. Do you have any concern that you have a member of your conference, Senator Tuckerville, who seems to have a hard time denouncing white nationalism, especially as it pertains to white nationalism in the military? Yeah, white supremacy is simply unacceptable in the military and in our whole country. Said that like you really believed it, McConnell. Um, notice what he did there. Instead of criticizing the senator, he goes back to a general comment, kind of like what the senator did. But he won't talk against the senator because they're trying to, you know, get more people like him in office. Uh, put up the big picture full mass. Not surprising. While this development is um, part of the norm now with Republicans, old racist white males. 
look at this picture. Uh, you know, that's McConnell uh, before he became a vampire and The Walking Dead. All right. So Ben, there's this um, romanticizing of racism again. Uh, Make America Great Again also made racism popular again. Where people are bold, they're proclaiming it. They can do so without even being directly criticized by members at the highest level of the American government. How do we get here, sir? Well, we got here through a a, a slow slide that turned into a quick slide. We got yeah. here from Fox News. We got here from Donald Trump. We got here from birther movement saying our first black president wasn't born here when there were candidates for president who literally weren't born here that were given That's a right. pass. Yeah. You know, we we got here because of people like Mitch McConnell pivoting constantly and not answering questions directly, not condemning somebody who clearly, as you said, is a white nationalist. You can't be asked, well, how do you respond to to Tuberville statements and reply by saying, well, just in general, <laughs> white nationalism is bad, but Threshold Guardian, come on in, more of you, come on inside. Right. I don't think that's how it works, but that's the kind of moral flexibility you get when you sleep upside down for 400 years. <laughs> there it is. All right, always a pleasure, my friend, having you on the program. Remind people of how they can check out your great work. Thank you so much. You can follow me at Ben Glebe on Instagram, Threads, TikTok, and Twitter. My link in bio. I release three stand up comedy clips a week right there. And my link in bio has tickets available to my virtual all improvised show this Saturday with special guest star Ricky Lake. Tickets, I think, are still just 10 bucks. They might be 15. And right now, endings on July 29th. Tickets are just 10 bucks right now if you get them online or in person. It's a little bit more, but you get to be in the little intimate theater with me. As I debut my new hour of stand-up. Uh, it's a very affordable price. Support the arts. Support me if you can. I would appreciate it. Benglebe.com or nowherecomedy.com for tickets. Always great. My friend, tell uh, Ricky Lake I said hello. I will, guaranteed. Thank you, sir. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Mm-hmm.